Welcome to another podcast from Core Capital. I'm Peter White. The question today, is there a substitute for cash and fixed interest in the new normal investment environment of these zero interest rates? What is that substitute if it exists? Core Capital is a specialist fund manager, most of whose clients come to them to keep them rich, quote, rather than to make them rich. But Core's unique MO has a pretty good track record of building wealth as well. Core CEO is Davin Hood, and Davin joins me now to discuss this new environment of low interest, low to, low to no interest rates that we're in. Davin, welcome. Thank you, Peter. Good to be here. Core Capital positions itself as an all-weather investment. That is, you're structured to produce attractive returns in all conditions, high and low interest rates, bull and bear markets, high and low volatility. Well, I've just checked with the Bureau and the forecast is for lower for longer rates. So can Core Capital deliver in these unparalleled times? The thing I'd point out is the Core Capital Fund is defensive above all. We've actually been doing this for a long time. Uh, The fund was created in that sort of post GFC era as quantitative easing became a real thing. So we've been operating through, you know, things like the Brexit vote and the US election in 2016 and now COVID. So the fund is really designed for these conditions and, and they're conditions that we think will persist for some time. So lower yields, of course, have been very good uh, for huge government borrowing. They suit stock buybacks and, uh, you know, they've pushed asset values uh, up immensely. But the main result has been a a huge wealth gap. And and we think that you've now got deflation in the real economy and wages, but inflation in asset prices. And, And there'll be a reckoning at some point. So what we do is create broad exposure to these main macro risks uh, risks, and then manage risk from there. We think that, that it's, you know, from here onwards, it's very uh, risky if investors are tying the success of their investment strategy to equity markets or falling interest rates or even um, illiquidity premiums if liquidity is something obviously that's important to them. Well, of course, we're so used to thinking that cash and fixed interest is the core of any portfolio. But these days, you'd be better off putting the cash and fixed interest under the bed given low rates. I guess the name of your fund, the Core Capital Fund, gives an idea of what you're hoping to do. But is that widely appreciated? And is it a decent substitute for cash and fixed interest? Just allocating 20% of my portfolio, for instance, to the core capital, will that give me that safety or that bedrock that I'm looking for if I was an investor? Cash under the bed, Peter, is fine, of course, if prices are falling, but um, you know that's unlikely to be the experience from here with, uh, with many things that people buy, particularly in this COVID normal, as they're, they're calling it, given a, a lot more um, of the things we use might be locally made. But um, I think there's increasing agreement that what probably isn't a solution going forward is that is this passive traditionally balanced portfolio that has had all the benefits of you know, a tailwind of, of high but falling interest rates and and the ballast of a, of a decent yield to fall back on. So what we're finding is people are using the core capital fund as a replacement for this stable ballast given those macro risks that I just mentioned. So the feedback we get from advisors is that with our fund, you get pretty good bang for your buck. You cover these broad inflation and deflation uh, surprise risks. If there are trends that persist, you participate in those, but you can also capitalise on any volatility or surprises in the interim. So, 
you know, if you're a busy advisor looking after clients, it's very hard to take advantage of things like market volatility and adjusting portfolios quickly through periods like we had earlier in the year. So the portfolio is being used as a, um, a great way to take advantage of those environments, but at the same time provide uh, support for the portfolio. So diversifying and rebalancing can sound uh, boring in some respects, but we've demonstrated that it works well and we've improved on it. Uh, and we think it could be really important for some investors uh, from here. I tell you what's not boring is having an expectation of 6% per annum come hell or high water. And that really is what you you're offering, I think, is it not? That's right. The, I think the return since inception um, has been about 6% per annum after fees. We are really targeting that margin above inflation without any sort of 12-month drawdown. I think the worst calendar year we've had is minus 5.6% in 2018, but that came after a very solid year in 2017. So That's the only year that you didn't perform above par, is that correct? That's right. That's the one uh, That's the one negative year we've had. Um, but out of given the nine, nature of the portfolio... How long have you been going? Yeah, out of eight or nine. Uh, been around since 2012, eight years. Can you explain the role of gold in your, your portfolio? Because gold has been on a tear and uh, the portfolio consists of four quartiles, cash, equities, uh, bonds and precious metals with a, seems to me, a bias to gold. I'll just speak about gold for a minute or two. Absolutely. So gold is very important to the strategy and it's always been part of what we do. When equity markets fall hard, gold tends to do very well. But often when people consider it as a part of their portfolio, they end up with an exposure that we don't believe is meaningful. And that is a result of the way we structure our strategic long-term asset allocation. So, you know, people end up with 1% or 2% of their portfolio in gold, which might be fine in that long, long, long-term uh, allocation, but we're trying to support capital and perform well in that shorter sort of medium-term period. So we have a much larger allocation uh, to gold. And, of course, in a world where quant easing and liquidity injections are eroding our spending power, at, uh, that we think can be a very important part of the portfolio. So gold can, of course, be quite volatile, a bit like equities, but at the same time it's not highly correlated to equities. It moves um, in a different direction. So... To us, that actually means opportunity to either reduce risk or add to returns. So gold's very important. The price, of course, for a long time didn't do a lot, Peter, and, and it was other parts of our portfolio that uh, did all the hard yards. And then recently, uh, gold has uh, been surging, generally, this calendar year so far. Um, but during strength, if anything, we're tending to trim our position a little bit as uh, as the speculators take over. What market conditions, if any, does core prefer or are you are you happy with any anything that the market throws up? We'll certainly accept anything that the market throws up but um, the beauty of adding core to a portfolio that has growth assets in it like equities is that our best conditions if you like for performance are when you get volatility but markets overall aren't going anywhere so if you've if you're you know if you've got your um your long-term growth positions, they're moving up and down quite a lot, but they're actually not moving up in price over a period. We will do very well during a period like that. Having said that, I 
think the conditions that we probably most noticed, if you like, are during a big equity market correction where we hold up quite well. And February and March of this year are the most recent example of that. Can you briefly explain the full quartile philosophy and procedure? Because it's unusual, isn't it? It is unusual, but if you want to participate in growth as well as protect your capital, we think it's the only asset allocation that works really well. So fair enough, if you've got a 20-year time horizon for your investments, then a big bias to growth assets is fine. But for the investors that are in our fund, they really don't feel they can cope with a large drawdown in their capital. But at the same time, you know, if equities triple over a decade or if um, the, the currency, the, you know, if the Australian dollar gets uh, debauched by that strange central bank policies, they want their uh, wealth protected. So we think that meaningful weightings are critical and putting all those parts together, you can get a very good result as long as you're very disciplined about the execution. The difficult thing about it is um, that, that uh, I think people in, in some some ways are outsourcing to us is the fact that, you know, topping up equities when uh, markets are being sold off and selling gold when gold's trending up can be quite difficult for some investors to execute. So you know, we do that very easily and have done that a lot through the history of the fund. The idea behind the four quartiles, though, is that you've got one key exposure out of the four that will do well in any conditions, yeah, and that is a positive or negative inflation surprise or a positive or negative economic growth surprise. In terms of portfolio construction, I mean, there's a great many SMSFs out there, you know, around a million dollars. Is one of your marketing uh, targets to talk to as many of those people as you can and say, look, if you've got 20 30% of your money in cash and fixed interest, core is a real and genuine opportunity to uh, to experience the growth that you'd like in the good old days when we were getting five six seven percent interest rates for really a no worry return which seems to like be like a fantasy now doesn't it well that that's absolutely right we always had this uh, ballast of this risk-free rate with a nice margin to any sort of credit or equity market risk we would take and that's simply not there anymore so you need to look to different sources of return the challenge with that is it makes passive investing more difficult so passive balance portfolio isn't going to cut it and we think that our approach you know is an excellent replacement for those traditional balanced portfolios but it does certainly makes it you know you you do it yourself annual rebalance less useful going forward i mentioned in the intro and i don't know if it's urban myth or not but i read somewhere that many of your clients come to you and say just keep me rich don't i don't need to make money i just don't need to lose money is that is that true or is that urban myth no well that's definitely true i think there is amongst the investors that we have they are not completely sure that the forecast returns that they see annually for investment markets are that reliable so if they need to be able to access their capital potentially to for some other use, capital investment or whatever it might be, they need something that will hold up. I mean, it's all about not finding yourself in a position where you're making an emotional decision. And we all know that if the equity market is down 10% for a quarter, it's very difficult to make a decision because you're feeling the pain of that fall in capital value. So investors come to us because 
they never want to be in a situation where they're feeling that regret. One thing we haven't talked about but assumed, and if you could clarify for me, uh, the liquidity of the core capital fund. If I've got my 20 or 30% parked in your, in what is my cash alternative, how liquid, how quickly can I get my money out if I want to go into the market when it falls and, and buy up equity, buy up growth assets? So the, the fund has daily liquidity, so investors can redeem their assets um, every market day, every business day. The fund's underlying assets are very liquid, so we can easily fund redemptions and also invest new applications when they come in uh, each day. So in fact it is a cash surrogate in terms of liquidity. Yes the only thing I would say is it gets priced once a day but um, you know rather than uh, rather than every minute of the day but yeah it's certainly at the very liquid end of uh, investment alternatives. And finally Devin uh, these COVID times and this uncertain outlook with Brexit, president, US presidential elections and China on a tear it's certainly the geopolitical situation is more uncertain than it has been for time. Uh, how do you address or how do you look at the, the current outlook? Is, it, is that playing into your strong suit? It certainly adds to the possibility of unintended consequences, Peter. So I think the bigger issue from our perspective is probably the monetary challenges, but the geopolitical stance certainly adds to the risk and a, a move away from globalization that we've experienced now for decades you know could certainly affect the inflation environment and demand and supply of goods between countries so that will have an effect on growth so we probably look at the economic effects of that geopolitical uncertainty but we certainly watch it closely and we'll take it either way we'll take stability if you know if they get together and uh, and work together and everyone's happy that is fine for our portfolio as well but I mentioned that volatility and being able to capitalise on that will probably perform well if volatility was the result. And you've got no reason to believe that your past performance of over five to ten years averaging 6% is, is in threat or under threat at all? Well, we're always thinking in margins to inflation. So, you know, under the scenario where the world sort of turned into Japan and you had, a, you know, a deflationary type scenario, we'd be thinking in terms of a margin above that inflation number. But taking inflation of 2%, we'd be comfortable with 4 or 5% above that as our expectation, our internal expectation, if you like, for the fund. Kevin, thanks very much for talking to us today. Great to be with you, Peter. 